When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. It's amazing the difference that one swing of Kyogo Furuhashi's right boot can make to the mood of an entire fan base, but that's exactly where we find ourselves as his winning goal at Ibrox made it another beautiful Sunday for Celtic supporters around the globe. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by Miff and James, remember those guys, as we cover all things Celtic. Miff, rumours you've been staying away from the show in protest at how Sead Haksabanovic has been treated by the club are well wide of the mark. Uh, so welcome back, how was your Sunday? Uh, it was a beautiful Sunday, Tino. Thank you for that lovely intro. Hello, James. Hello, listeners. Um, not not in protest at Haksabanovic. Uh, for those who don't know, I've had a bad shoulder. Bad shoulder. Not being able to drive. I'll no bore you. MD that does know me has said to listen to me. Going on about my sore shoulder for a considerable amount of time. Um, Mrs. Miff actually asked me, is the shoulder, has the shoulder got to get a mention on the podcast? And I said, Bloody right Many times within, um, within the first minute Haksabanovic uh, No he's blotted his copybook for me um, not, Certainly Not blotted it he's, he's burnt it Coming out and saying what he said After his performances You know To be quite frank He's shown flashes He's torn a caravan He'll need to sort that out If he wants to come back And he's do done. anything But I, I can't, I can't see done. it under Rogers' tenure anyway no. But uh, An absolutely fantastic result In the context of all the noise And everything that's going on Noise that we just we just live under that constant noise that comes from the other side of the city, even though achievement and accomplishments very minimal from them. Um, so to keep them down, I, I didn't expect it. I saw the I saw the starting lineup and and thought there is absolutely no way on God's green earth that lineup keeps a clean sheet. But what do I know? <laughs> exactly. We'll find out in the next fifty odd minutes. Uh, James, likewise, welcome back after your own back. few weeks break. How's your shoulder? All fine. Both fine. <laughs> Good to go there. Um, what's your short summary? You've, need for that you've not been on for a few weeks. What's your short summary of the the early season so far under Rodgers? It's it's been mixed, but I suppose if you want to give it some context, there's there's a big difference. It turns out between Angie style and Rodgers style, and it takes time, much as it did under. Postacoglu to to get that into the players maybe on Sunday it's starting to click there's further elements coming into the, I think the transfer window we'll go get into it, I'm sure was as bad as I've seen having looked like we were starting to become a professional company club when it comes to these things it just looked like it was all back to five, six years ago leave it to last minute you know the common denominator there is is Rogers. to be fair so I wonder how you know is he not making the moves that Ange was making and saying, like, just get him in the building, I know he's good, all that kind of stuff. Is he not dynamic enough? I don't know. That's pure speculation. But either way, we can't be finishing transfer windows last minute like that. I mean, on on balance, it looks 
okay. The squad looks okay. It's got too much deadwood in it. It's got too many loans in it. But there's talent there enough to win the league. That's the be-all end of the season. I've been saying it long enough. Get the league this season and we are away from any rivals in Scottish football for maybe time memorial. And this is, of course, with reference to the, the new Champions League format and what that brings in terms of the financial rewards and various other things. And, I mean, on that note, would you be absolutely happy with league title and nothing else? No Scottish Cup? 100%. No progress in Europe this absolutely. season? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, it's a tough enough draw. There's there's three strong teams in there. I know budget-wise we're, we're quite close. In fact, I think we spend a bit more than, than final in terms of the wage structure. But that's a tough, tough group. I'd be happy just to focus all in the league and you know there's development to be done you know Champions League can teach you stuff about you know where you're at if you can get some dignified results to use the the word and focus in the league that's my so so focus all the way and what about just on the park so far so you've covered transfer stuff Europe and, and different off the park aspects but we're four games in the campaign we've been to Pataudry been to Ibrox won both and we're three ones out of four and we sit top of the table what do you think of the on-field stuff because despite what I've just said has been a wee bit sketchy in places, can't get away from it. Kamarnock, poor result in the Cup. St Johnson, woeful at home, you'd be glad you missed that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I tuned into it at whatever time in the morning. <laughs> I watched it, well, I wasted time and effort that was. All I would say in answer to that is you've got six, if you include uh, Palma, players to come in to strengthen that squad. So the answer is you don't know, mm -hmm. you know. We need to see those guys, including CCV and Hitati, back in. Um, and then we'll be able to see what we've got. And until they're playing, we don't know. All fair comment. Okay, let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show. In the run-up to last week, we mentioned three events that could all be seen as season-defining for Celtic, and this week we're going to assess all three of them. So in reverse order, we'll start with Sunday's win at Ibrox, and just what that means on and off the park for Celtic, as Brendan Rodgers' second spell in charge burst into life on match day four of the league campaign. We'll then assess Celtic's summer transfer window with a total of nine new players now on board for the season ahead and a few players also heading in the opposite direction. We'll then assess the Champions League draw that's paired Celtic with Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid and Lazio in Group E of this season's competition and in between times we'll also fit in our new feature, the 11th man, which will give James and Miff their first crack at naming the missing player from a well-known Celtic lineup. Okay, let's get started with that big one at Ibrox and how could we not? Miff, what does a result like that do psychologically for Brendan Rodgers, for the players and for the supporters? Uh, well, psychologically it's extremely beneficial. It puts us, especially with the wee break coming up, you always feel that yeah. there's more importance goes on a, a win before you go away for that break. There are so many of our players who go away on international duty, so that feel-good factor when they go away is, is, is really, really important. It's always important for Celtic to be above Rangers on the table at any point. Doesn't matter if it's one game in, two games in, three games in, four games in. It's a vital, vital thing. What about five games in and six? Five games, games in, six games in, seven games in, etc. Um, for me, though, like, like James, I'm I'm pretty underwhelmed um, with the with the transfer business, and and I felt I carried that into pre-match and, and Sunday, and then seen the starting lineup and was was not overly enamoured with it, albeit that. It was probably the strongest that was available to pick, save maybe the, a couple of wing options. The starting line-up points squarely to the transfer window. Yeah, but that said, it then shows you what that fixture does to you <clears throat> when you go and manage to pull a result out of the bag. And and what I will say is this, whilst I feel we have been sketchy this season and have played well at times, the overall first-half performance was pretty much a complete performance. Mm -hmm. We dominated the game 
we played our football. You could probably point to Rangers' fairly bizarre tactics playing into that, but again, I think that's because there's a golfing class between the squads and also a golfing class in the dugouts as well yeah. between both managers. And I just think maybe this was this was just the the performance and the result that's maybe given Brendan's mojo back a bit, but. It's still notwithstanding that I think the key thing for me the most positive thing to take from it was the first half performance where we controlled the game it was our biggest game of the season to date there was loads of factors going against us and we we managed to wrestle control of the game which I think just you know now when you look at it the players couldn't have been massive in confidence going into that game they've stood up to a really, really firm test James what about just to move uh, on from that point what about the, the mental side of a game like that so 50,000 screaming fans, none of your own supporters there. It takes a huge mentality to go there, not only keep a you know a clean sheet, but actually come away with a win. And it says a lot about the character of, you know, certainly the players and the guys in the dugout to have gone there and done so. <sighs> Absolutely. Bizarrely, they were helped by the Rangers fans because they were on their own players' backs for nothing. You know, if a move didn't come off, just somebody's tried something, hasn't come off, they're going absolutely bananas. And that can only make the Celtic players go, well, wait a minute, more we do, and the more frustrated they're going to get, and the harder it's going to be on their own players. So, it just their levels of expectation and entitlement is what leads to this, you know, being at their own players because they expect so much. Why do they expect so much? Look at the results, look at the trophies. If, if you were an angry bear in attendance on Sunday, ask yourself why the team won the league when nobody was in there. It's a, a really valid point. I mean, the, the vitriol and the some of the stuff you've seen on social media has been amazing, by the way. But <laughs> just to look at it, it's just as it's it's unrealistic expectations, isn't it? And and it stems from it stems from the the players and coaches involved because there's a lot of hot air coming from those guys, and you, you just ultimately always have to have something behind you by way of trophies and success before you've got the right to say these things. You, you say nothing until you put the silverware in the cabinet, but it's a, it's a circle of the Rangers players and officials see it, the media fan it and amplify it. And then the fans believe it and circle it all back and it just keeps going and going and it never ends up in silverware. The, the bizarre incident last year before the, was it, I don't know if it was the League Cup final or the Scottish Cup semi-final where the kind of guy that looks like he's for the 1930s that's the assistant manager who had never said anything oh, before aye, aye. came out and said, oh, I can't wait until <clears throat> after the game and I'm going to give you a bit of this. <clears throat> a few things he, he said had been disrespectful. Mate, the game's not even been played yet. <laughs> and I never said anything like that, never did. Just, it was bizarre. And then they get beat and he Aye. just went away back into the background again. He's never been here for since. Just bizarre. I mean, who's controlling that? Nobody. Just sit and shut up and win. Yeah, that's exactly it. Nobody is controlling that message and it's a serious problem there. But listen, long may that continue. That's not Celtic's concern. I agree with what you're saying, James. Oh, had we gone in nothing each at halftime, the boos were on the way. They were, they were ready to you know, boo their team off the park. For Kyogo then to score the goal, geez, oh, turn it up. It, was, it really, really put the pressure on. And that must have been, you know, as Celtics players were walking down the tunnel, you could see the, the buoyancy, the lift that gave them. And likewise, the Rangers players will be going, geez, that's the last thing we needed here. Yeah. It just totally changes the dynamic of the game. It changes what the halftime message is. And then you're coming back out for 45 minutes more of that. It can't be enjoyable as a player. Absolutely not. But they've convinced themselves that, you know, keeping the Celtic fans away means they're going to win the game. And it's, it's just not true. Um, they are their own worst enemy on this because like you say, they, they've, driving the players back out on the pitch going, well, I just don't want to make any mistakes. Mm. Instead of being able to play free and play football and you know, try and play positively, 
They're thinking negatively. Don't make a mistake. So what I think one of the biggest reasons for all the anger uh, coming from Rangers yesterday. It's a, it's a big, big. It's a, it's a, big, it's a big topic. How do you get into that? But I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that that's them just about full strength. You add Barisic in if you want, but that's about them as strong as they are going to get potentially for the whole season. Don't know yeah. what they might do in January. Celtic, as we know, have got various issues at the moment in terms of injury. Carter Vickers and Rio Hatati being the two main guys, and potentially another centre half. So that's the big. They're at home. We, you know, we're crippled with injuries. They're at full strength. They had to go and win that, and I think that's what's caused so much tension. Well, you look at your man. Yilmaz that come off the bench and they'll spend £5 million on them they got mad money you yeah. know they, they obviously I assume somebody scouted and watched Big Dessers so we spent 5 on Lammers. Johnson Arsenal Johnson you know your man Danilo was really really what? touted but he's not started any big games I don't think did he start a game maybe he started in Eindhoven I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm not sure but um, the, the they have they have backed Beal Regardless of what um, they might think, uh, they, they've given them, uh, they've if, given them money. If, if you believe the papers, they've got a bill. Well, you might have seen Bill come out. Uh, he, his backs up just now, and he says the figures you've come out with are way off the mark. We've only spent thirteen million on nine mm. players, and that tells you a lot of where his head's at. He's now coming out on the defensive it, already. It's four games in, but it doesn't matter the number. <laughs> Whatever they cost, one million or hundred million, they're the nine players you wanted, and you got them. So you know you need that, to use that's them. What I, that's what I mean. He's he's, he's been he's been backed. Um, so the, the overall quality of their squad, I, I would argue, has lessened. The, the reason I think so is because even if you take, you're quite right to mention Vickers and Hattie, Celtic's strongest eleven contain them, and they are very very important as well. Not only are they starting players, they're just so important to how four, we play. Four players, yeah. Whatever Rangers fans' opinions were of Kent and Morelos. Whilst they struggled laterally against us, they were flat-track bullies against other teams in the SPL. They, they did the business against them, so they ensured that they always picked up points against other teams. So what you now have is a situation where players have now come in who may may do that, but they may not. So the jury's still out on how robust that overall squad is. I would say Rangers are weaker, but then you could also make the argument that so are we. Good so so it, you know what, what it will come down to is Rodgers... The, the victory buys Rogers time, buys Rogers time to, you know, impart his ways on the squad. He's all clearly already been doing that, and even you could argue the way we played in the first half, in terms of control of the game, was probably better than anything we had under Ange yeah. when we played at Ibrox. I would say, regarding control of the game, yeah. but overall, the ball's in our court now. If we just put our foot to the floor. I think we can we can really really pull away, but it's going to need one of those runs of consistency. But it's been a pretty difficult start. Like it's quite right to mention away to Petodre, away to Ibrox, the first four games. That's that's pretty pretty difficult. That random, uh, you know, fixture. SPL <laughs> super fixture computer. supercomputer just completely random. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to stay on Rangers' approach, just briefly, you'd, you'd have to look at what I think is naivety, James, from uh, Michael Beale. The fact that they've not dealt with the the Callum McGregor situation, he had the freedom of Ibrox, you know, for large spells, particularly in the first half. They tried to address it in the second half. We covered the post-match myself and Sinky and we talked about um, guys like Derek McInnes and other other managers who are not, they're not Capello, you know, they're not superstars, but they've basically identified stop Callum McGregor, you stop Celtic, or words to that effect. And Bill is well aware of that, but he's decided just to let him run free. Was it arrogance that he said, yeah, I'm not going to put my... 
um, formation together based on an opposition player. I'm going to put my formation together to play my football and win the game. But was it arrogance? I, yes. th- I think we've at times at amateur level and stuff been in dressing rooms where it's let them worry about us. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's the shit. You said them out with something along those lines. Um, another guy I really want to touch on, uh, because how can you not, is Todd Cantwell. Where was he yesterday? For all his talk and all his social media nonsense um, and all his bluster, he was woeful. Uh, he'd as well not been there at all. No, the races, but the fo- he has played them like a cheap flute, if you'll, if you'll pardon me. <laughs> um, he's convinced them that he is the guy. He's you know going to be this amazing player despite having done nothing in his career so far. He did nothing towards the end of last season because it was all dead anyway, no pressure kind of thing. The only games there, there was pressure, he disappeared. And the games that, you know, dead rubbers and stuff, he starts doing tippy-tappy, no look passes and stuff. And you go, yeah. mm, it's not really that we're looking for. And then he's in social media, just just playing to the fans and they've fallen for it hook, line and sinker. Not now, James, say, according to uh, Follow Follow, where, where I've been spending some time. Do you know, see if they start charging for that, I'm in trouble. I'm going to be right by the end of the month because it's uh, there's a lot of good content. Um, but they seem to have twigged or certainly that's the thing it's all well and good turning up against I don't know whoever Motherwolves at Murn Dundee you must do it in those games that's why these guys are signed and again it's just been all talk he had opportunities to go and impress yesterday and he just wasn't at the races and you can add his pal is the other one Raskin oh, A-Wall uh, so you know 20 the, million player these uh, are all the guys I'd, that make I, all I the noise I would say um, Cantwell had, had his chance at the end his shin roller um, unfortunate loss of technique at a big moment um, was a big fan of Holmes tackle on him the last kick of the game that was, that was absolutely fantastic <laughs> so good a tackle it can't well, both feet just come up at the same time he <laughs> landed square right in his end <laughs> um, but as as for Raskin one moment of quality when he found Lammers with the reverse pass it was a very, it was a very good man. pass to be fair um, but I remember thinking that at the time going oh he's still on Aye. But that, and, and that you know he's clearly a talented Lad, but is he is he going to impose himself on games? Probably not. I'd say Cantwell the same. You know, was, was Ryan Jack not playing yesterday? Aye, uh-huh. he was there. You know, yeah. I, surely as a Rangers fan, you'd be saying, right, lads, I think maybe we need we need better. So, it, listen, it's natural for us to talk about Rangers because they are going to be our closest challengers. Um, I think what we've seen yesterday with them at full strength is we we should we should have enough to to deal with them. I'm now excited about what comes next I'm I'm still disappointed to be quite frank with the with the way that the clubs went about things in in a pre-season or during the transfer window and I think we'll come on to speak about that in a bit more depth but just purely regarding yesterday just fantastic for how unexpected it was and even better probably the way the game panned out whilst it wasn't a great watch in the second half it was great seeing the likes of Lager, Bielke and Scales you know getting just defending their box really well and there's one thing I did notice about skills in pre-season I think when we played over in Japan um, he'd played one of the games and we had to defend quite a lot with balls coming into the box and he'd, he'd, he'd done it quite resolutely so fair play to him for stepping up 100% I thought he was great and listen, moving forward the likelihood is Liam Skills won't be a you know a central part of, of Celtic's defence but all he can do is what he done you know on the day and I thought he was great and Pleased for him as a guy because he seems like an honest, you know, player, an honest, honest performer, and I think he would take a huge lift out of that. He's going to be here till at least January, so we might as well have, have confident players in the building. You mentioned Lager Bielkamp. I, f- I thought he had a really, really shaky game right across the board. What about Rangers' disallowed goal? Correct decision for you? It's, this is just—it's a technical foul, and ugh, 
I saw somebody mention it in Kerry Deal Street today. That, that, that is as straightforward a foul as you get. The guy, see if the guy's got um, Dessers, if he's got contact on the ball, yeah, that's then you go, right, fair enough. You know, he, he's just won the ball off him yep. and then Lagerbeer has kicked him. Rangers got a foul, Goldson got a foul in the box against St Martin last season for the, and I mean the exact same Was thing. Is it not James Sands? Is that the one doing the rounds? Aye. Yeah, that's the, guy, the guy's, he, Sands the on the ball. Same, it is literally the, the, guy the exact same thing. So there's a clear-cut example here. So when the media's got that clear-cut example, and we know they have because they commented on it at the time, and then they're trying to reference this one from yesterday, are they just at it to keep the noise going yes. and, you know, inflate things? Whereas, you know, we talk about VAR being like rugby, we go, right, we want to get decisions right. I don't think they do. They just want controversy so they can sell papers and clicks and all these kind of things. And we need to not fall for it. We need to be a bit more grown up in our football. Did you hear Neil McCann on sports scene? I've not seen him yet. I know um, that's the rule. So, so basically, I, like I know that's the rule, but I disagree with it. So yeah, that, yeah. that, that, just forget about everything. He quoted the rule and said, but the rule's wrong because in this instance, it didn't benefit Rangers. That was his point. Yeah. Get it up, you. I think you'd also have to give credit to another guy who's mm. been passing comment in the background in the shape of Bobby Madden. Post deleted, I believe. Really? I think so. Um, any, for those who are not sure, Bobby Madden t- tweeted or Instagrammed or Snapchatted or something. I don't know what he'd done, but he'd done something. He basically put a few screen grabs in place to say, just as you say, James, it's cut and dried. This is a free kick all day long. Um, so I think they've got the right decision. You know, soft foul or, or otherwise, a foul's a foul and it was the right call. But you do have to bring in uh, Lager Bielka's part in it, Muff. It was sloppy, wasn't it? And it wasn't the only time in the game. It, it, it just has but, to go go on with it or go back to the keeper. But but in saying that, I, I felt probably on, on the ball, he was, he was a bit, he just seemed a bit rash yesterday, but he still, I still thought he defended reasonably well for most, the most part, just his rash moments were very rash. Yeah, I, I, th- I think his dis- distribution was good in the you know, short-term passes, but when he was going long, it was pretty sporadic. Um, His mid-range passes weren't great yeah. in, a, in a gifted possession. Too many times in too many uh, key areas. Yeah. Um, he will have learned, though, he'll have gained from the experience of going to Ibrox and yeah. hopefully it brings him on as a player. We can't judge him on that alone. He's brand new in the door, but he'll need to improve. You see flashes from him the last couple of games he's played. You go, there's, there's a player there, definitely. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other uh, real positives from the game. We've touched on him briefly, but Callum McGregor really stepping up. So <laughs> we've spoken about him in the, the weekly shows in the past couple of weeks, uh, lads, when you've uh, been missing. And we spoke about, I asked the question last week, and I was just asking the question, if his performances don't improve, should he be dropped captain or otherwise? Um, Sinky and Paddy absolutely not they said you know he's the main man he'll drive us forward um, but I maintained that you know if on Sunday and beyond he wasn't doing it then he should have been taken out the firing line but he did do it and that's that's the sign of him as a player and as a captain he stepped up when Celtic really needed him and I know Liam Scales got man of the match and well deserved you could put a real case for Callum McGregor as well couldn't you? Yeah I think McGregor and Hart showed real leadership uh, which was a great sign to see because after enduring the St Johnson game, uh, you were just maybe a wee bit worried that, you know, the senior players maybe just weren't quite on board with the message Roger was sending or they weren't quite imparting on the rest of the team what the manager wanted them to do, which then obviously could create a whole imbalance in the squad. But then what you seen was that that sort of leadership for two of the senior pros in the dressing room, as well as somebody like Scales. So... McGregor is just such a critical player to us and the fact that we haven't been brilliant 
this season and he hasn't been brilliant this season are, are no doubt really, really well linked. Yeah. James, another guy who's come in for um, praise and I think mostly uh, correctly is Dyson Maeda. He is the best rotten football player I've ever seen. <laughs> he's such a mixed bag, isn't he? He's... <sighs> I know what you mean, like, you know, technically he's not, he's not the best. Um, he is not. And he might, no, he's not the worst but as well. Uh, I don't know, I just like him. But at the same time, I thought it was a rather conservative move to put him in. I've always liked him up against Tavernier because he just sticks him in a wee box and says, stay there for 90 minutes, don't, nearly scored there, Dave, sorry. Don't move. Um, I, I thought a wee bit more ambition would have been to put a Palma or a Yang in there and really go at them, you know, early on, be more positive. I thought it was quite a negative squad because you had positive options on the bench. But then Dyson goes and just, you know, gives us another performance like that. Just n non-stop. You can't not play him in that game. He is so important to the win. And, you know, because of the the on-the-ball stuff you see, you know, he, he overcooked a cross late in the game and gifted possession a couple of times. That's fine. That's just all part of his game. We know that well by now. But the other side of his game is just so important. He's still bombing around in the 85th minute and yeah. closing guys down. His work rate is incredible and he's a huge reason why Celtic can keep Rangers on the back foot in such a game. There was an absolutely fantastic photo on Celtic's Twitter of Rodgers yeah. and Maida embracing after the game. I've seen it. It's a fantastic, great picture. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, that, that performance, if you created a sort of memory book of Dyson Maida when he does eventually leave us, if you ever needed to reference what Dyson Maida was as a player at Celtic, that 90 minutes, yeah. is it sublime, ridiculous, <laughs> but with, without question, the work rate, you know, an absolute warrior. And and that's not the only time he's done that Ibrox. He is the man for Ibrox because he just, he doesn't give to Werner a minute, but also he looks dangerous going in behind and he just works so hard. And he, you know, even at times, he'd done loads of really difficult things yesterday and then fell over the ball. Uh -huh. Just, like, it, it, even he skinned to Werner in the box, was all set up for a shot. And then, like, I actually think he might have got a penalty if he'd went down. Tried to stay in his uh -huh. feet, fell over the ball, momentum away. A couple of times as well, he's took the ball in really tight spaces. Um, you know, managed to turn his man, and then he's just not taking the ball with him when he's meant yeah. to run. It just, I, I, I just love him. I love him. He's an absolute crackpot of a football player, but I love him. <laughs> would, um, he, would he have got his goal if Kyogo had squared it? Was it not to Abada they should have squared it? No. Tyson at the back, wasn't it? Is that in the, the second came, half? Came in from Is that Abada? the first half? Is that oh, the first, first half? half? First half. When Kyogo tried to flick. Yeah. There's no guarantee my would have tucked it away, no. <laughs> he he was not. under the posts. Is that the one Goldson bought? Goldson bought. Um, if when Maeda eventually does move on, you'll be tasked with creating that memory book that you've mentioned. Yes, so no, I, I quite happily. <laughs> I'll mark quite it happily. we can come back to that. Another guy we need to mention, um, and you may not be best pleased, Miff, uh, I know you're a fan, but Greg Taylor, uh, there's no doubt he is out of sorts. He's clearly a player lacking in confidence, and it doesn't give anybody any great pleasure to say that, but the start of the season saw Carla McGregor, Joe Hart and Taylor all come in for criticism. The other two lads have pulled away from that, putting in big, big performances, but... Taylor was struggling uh, at the weekend and, and his backup is no better, unfortunately, in Burnaby. What's your take? It, well, I think if you thought Taylor had a bad game, then Burnaby made him look like a good game. Uh, it just doesn't want to read danger, that laddie. Uh, in terms of Taylor... Can, can you do opportunity as well? Uh, uh, if you could go on early to you, uh, that was a real opportunity. Oh, that was such a bad yeah. block in the context. Yeah. I know it looks bad on all because of what he's tried, but he's only had no, to try that because of the, the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Taylor's distribution really let him down, but... I think at the very least, what he did do was help hold that sort of defensive shape. 
the the thing with Taylor is I think he's just a player really, really low in confidence. Um which is a shame given how much of a contributor he's been in the past two years. But I don't necessarily think I think you need to remember he, he is a you know, as a high quality player. I think again, much like with McGregor and, and probably Hart as well, it's, it's more to do with confidence rather than anything permanent. Um I, I would like us to, to stick by him. And, and and Brendan Rogers, what you do have is as a coach who generally gets players to increase their, their level. So it may just be that the positional tweaks that he's no doubt had to go under, same as other other players in the team. And and I think it's something we all we'll for, forget at times, isn't it, that the system is very different. Yeah. The way they've been asked to play is very different. And for some players who were so comfortable in the way that Ange played, it feels, you know, going on to a football park probably feels very different to them this season than it did the two prior. So um, I'd like a wee bit more faith in, in Taylor, as I would with McGregor Hart, anyone else. Um, it's just, it's it's difficult when you know you've got the Champions League coming up, you know that's another level to go up away yes. from SPL. And, and then that's when you really do start to worry because if anyone in our group is watching our games, they'll be able to identify fairly quickly where the weak link uh, is. Unless Rodgers is going to invert for the Champions League, it's going to be so. really hard. I don't think he's going to change what he's doing. But I think um, you'd, uh, hard to work out what Rangers' overall tactical plan was uh, at the weekend. But one of their approaches was just to... Get in over the top of our defenders and try and put pressure on the centre halves and the fullbacks, you know, aerially. And most of the boys come through it. Scales and Lager Belka dealt with most of that. Alistair Johnson's a real plus to be back, isn't he? Um, but Taylor is a wee bit short. But if you've said you, you think and hope it's nothing permanent with Taylor and he'll recapture that form. But in the interim, is Liam Scales a shout for left back? to be. We've asked the question be. before, so it's a I, yes from you, but I know from you, I, I, I know from me based on how he played there under Ange, but then it's a different uh, left-back. So it's no, no for me on that basis, but listen, I think what Skills has done is show that he's, if he can be that utility player, he's a worthy, worthy part of the squad. You know, if he can fill in for a couple of games left-back, centre-half, then, then great, because we need someone like that. Because I don't think everybody had a great amount of faith in somebody like Stephen Welsh, for example. Um, That's a strange move still for me. You know, so... I. I you know, I, listen, I would have liked to have brought in a left-back. I think everybody would have. That, um, that and Taylor then getting time to develop his yeah, game. Yeah, you know, you know the, Bern, the Bernabe stuff. He's clearly not a left-back. Everybody seems to persist on that. He's clearly not a left-back. It's hard to say what he is, if what, anything. Keep him out of the back four, wherever it is. Don't bring him in the back four. Try yeah. him in the left wing. Just try him left-centre forward, but he's not a left-back. I, I just don't think he looks interesting. Just does not look interesting. His approach is unusual, isn't it? He just he, he, you you said it, James. He's he's been given opportunities, he's been given chances, and there's a huge opportunity there on Sunday. He could have come in and really kind of stuck. He could have had an assist if he was better for all. Yeah. Absolutely, he could have defended better, and he could have said, "Listen, well, Greg Taylor's struggling. I'm your man. Here I am. I'm ready to do it." If, if you've got any ambition and you're you're kind of the guy that's keeping you out, the team is struggling. If you've any ambition and drive, you're all over that, and he's not. Yeah. That tells you more than anything else. Let's see uh, what Rogers decides when we come back. So it's Dundee in a couple of weeks' time, Saturday, 16th of September, I think it is. So international stuff between then. And that's also a time for guys like Taylor just to just reset, you know, regroup and come back fresh. So we'll see what Rogers decides there. And just on Rogers, so I suppose now the big plus is we've got this international break is that he can now kind of breathe after what's been a pretty manic spell. You know, it's been a hectic time since he came in. What was that, mid June? Um, loads going on, mad time for all, transfer window, 
tour in Japan, all that kind of stuff. And now that this kind of phase one of the season's over, James, it just allows him to himself to reset, regroup and come back refreshed for, for what lies ahead in the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, the squad's locked. So that that's one variable taken out. You don't need to worry about, you know, who you're signing, who you're letting go, who you're selling. That's your squad. So now who do I need to develop? Who's who's ready? So if you take a Johnson, for example, I don't need to do it, I just need to pick him. CCV's coming back, just pick him. Who do I need to keep developing and coaching on? So that's that's where the focus will go. And then obviously looking at the opposition in terms of Champions League coming up in this in this next phase. And also making sure we, we don't drop any points in the, in the league, just keep the, the focus there, you know, so yeah, interesting. I think from Brendan Rodgers' point of view, we said it when he came in, the only way for him to win round the doubters, and are still remaining doubters, is win games of football and win big games of football. Picked up a few yesterday. And Sunday will have we'll dragged a few people back on side. Um, we were just about to move on for the Rangers stuff and I've nearly forgot to cover the goal and the absolute class that was Kyogo Furuhashi. Um, my father, I think it's one of the best goals he scored for Celtic. I thought it was... Absolute genius. Callum McGregor was effusive in his praise. He, he actually got excited talking about it. If you've seen it on Celtic TV, he was giddy talking about it. And I said it on the post-match, most strikers, most strikers, good strikers, would take that in, take it two, three yards, maybe ground the keeper, whatever. He just, he's got a, a flash, you know, a fraction of a second to make his call. And his call was, I'm going to smash this in the bottom corner and leave the keeper with no chance. It was a world-class goal. And we've already seen something Broadly similar up at Pataudry. Yep. Um That unwillingness to let the defenders get anywhere near him or settle. Uh, just to take take the shot as early as possible. Obviously it has an, an impact on the goalkeeper as well. But it's all good seeing all that if you've not got the technique to produce it. And I think there was an excellent um, excellent video on X or Twitter. Formerly known as Twitter. Formerly known as Twitter. Uh, of the unique angle. Mm. From Celtic TV, which was fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's almost like from from Connor Golson's point of view. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky son. Um, so he is just a very very special striker, and it begs the question as to why you wouldn't want him in the box more. Like, you know, I, I know we've all got our take on the new role and dropping deep and all those things. And he's he's a great technician. You know, he's a great football player. He could probably play in the wing or as a ten. He's that good. But he is absolutely deadly. Just get him in between the posts and get him finishing chances. You'd have to say, Brendan Rodgers' job and the job of any coach, James, is to set up a system that creates chances. Right? And it's simplest for him. And there's lots of bits in between that. But that's it, you know, you know put simply. And Kyogo Furashi had four really decent chances. He scored the, the hardest one and yep. what a strike. But he's had his two chances before that. You know, the, the one that he tried to f- flick from Abada's cross. The one where he's been in on goal, he's beat Butland, but Goldson's got back on the line. And then the one in the second half where he's chopped it back into his left foot, should have rolled it to Abada, but he's put it over the bar. That's four really, really decent chances. So you'd have to say the system, whatever the system is, and we don't know the, the intricate details of it, it's working in terms of getting Kyogo in the box. Yeah, I give him a pass on the Goldson block mm. because it's going in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's finished it. It's, it's, just, target, yeah. it's just fair play Goldson. It's actually an excellent clearance. Um, I think he's lost his bearings for the one he's tried to flick. I, I, I think I, I don't think he's kind of really understood where he was in the box which is very unusual for him mm. but I think he's thought he had a bit thought, of a better angle for I that I thought the cross was just slightly behind where he wanted it to be yeah he, I, he's good enough to finish that and then the last one he's got to square it he's yeah. got to square it yeah. so I, I mentioned I think it's 
genuinely one of the best goals he scored for Celtic, given the occasion as well, but just such good technique. Um, he's quoted himself as saying, every goal is like the best goal for me, and to get the win was good for us, so I just work hard and contribute to the team. And despite the kind of bumps in the road, James, a few of the ups and downs early season, he's been a real consistent. I think Matt O'Reilly's been excellent as well, by the way, I've not mm-hmm. got time to cover him, but he was he played a real part uh, at Ibrox. But Kyogo's just picked up where he left on, off, and just such a huge part of this team. It just, you know, he's... He plays with a smile on his face and just wants to play football and score goals. And I don't think, you know, I haven't known him since before Celtic, but it, it feels like he's always just been like that as soon as he picked up a ball. Just a very quick one on O'Reilly. He seems to be developing a real leader in the squad as well. Yeah. You mm-hmm. could see that. Yeah. He was at a fulcrum, everything they were doing, it, even around celebrations and keeping the, you know, he was, he's seen he was constantly talking to the players as well. He was a bit um, like that when he first signed and then he kind of dipped away and maybe it's coming back. I don't think he liked Ange. <laughs> I don't know I think I between those lines I think there's yeah, something there I, like. uh, I, I mentioned that you know Kyogo in terms of the goal he said a fraction of a second to make his mind up in terms of right I'm doing I'm not taking I'm, I'm cracking this and with such accuracy you've also got to apply the same to Matt O'Reilly the ball's come out the sky from Goldson's clearing header and O'Reilly could have chested that brought it down done all sorts of it's, things it's a good point because I don't think it would come naturally to Matt O'Reilly just to put a header back in the mixer <laughs> you know I think he, he's, he's obviously clocked I think he's just, and, and this is stuff that you know it's kind of peripheral, peripheral vision for a, what is it? a pl- peripheral. Oh, right, he just knows that Kyogo's in, so he's not went. I'm going to head this ball in a second at the path of my, my teammate Kyogo. He's just thought, Stinked I've got a guy up there, I can get it to him yep. quickly. But and like, the rest is history. But like the one he bent to um, Abada, just you know, not, not long before that, the one that put Abada across to, to mm-hmm. Kyogo, and he, you know, he was trying to do the flick and stuff like that. It's the, it's the instinct that Rayleigh's got, yeah. and not a lot of players have it. Ironically, Turnbull has a bit of that. He just can't apply it through the rest of the game, you know. It's a shame it was a big opportunity for Turnbull. We've spent a lot of time talking about David Turnbull, haven't we? But he never took it um, at Ibrox, and I think the sooner Rio Hattati's back fit and firing, the better. There was one in the first half where Dyson is standing up. I think it was Campbell, actually. Dyson standing up, no problem at all. And Turnbull just went to help. And you're like, what is that as a professional footballer? He let another guy go free. Campbell just gave the other guy the ball. And they broke up the pitch with an opportunity. And that is unforgivable. Yeah. Professional football. I think, you know, as we round this chat up about the game, the, the biggest plus though is that Celtic, you know, will get so much better. You know, but they were in the early stages of Brendan Rodgers version two and all that stuff. But Rio Hattati will come back into play. Carter Vickers will come back into play. We've not seen a bit of Marco Tillio, uh, you know, the various new signings of the whole bundle. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the look of Yang, I have to say. Yeah, I, so I, they I, are. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah. And, and again, probably Rogers will be able to coach you when you've beat the guy for the fifth time. Just you don't need to beat him again. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> probably, it. probably three times too many, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? But no, listen, massive overall. However, it comes about a 1 0 result at Ibrox is brilliant, but such huge positives as well. Celtic dominating the game, particularly in the first half, um, and thoroughly deserved the win. So it's a huge boost. Brendan Rodgers spoke about moments and how this squad haven't yet had a moment up until Sunday. You know, we didn't have to qualify for Champions League, so you don't have the euphoria of, of what that means. We've not had any, you know, massive games that aside. This was the first real, real test. And to come through it as a new group of players, that will just really galvanise the dressing room. And it's a huge moment for all. So, brilliant result, huge confidence boost. And Celtic can now enjoy that international break before Dundee at Celtic Park on the 16th of September. Let's look at the summer transfer window now in a bit of detail. So a total of nine new signings arrived during the window and importantly, we've also seen a number of exits in the final days as Brendan Rodgers reshapes his squad for the season ahead. Let's look at the new arrivals first of all. So incomings, Odin Thiago home, Marco Tillio, Yang, Kwon, Mike Navrotsky, Gustav Lagerbielka, Luis Palma, 
Nat Phillips and Paolo Bernardo. Muff, of the new arrivals, who are you most excited about at this moment in time? Well, James <laughs> prepared the list. I have to say, based on what others are telling me and how excited others appear to be, Palma seems to be the one. But for me, on what I've seen, it's Marco Tellio. Yeah. Marco yeah. Tellio, for me, um, he looks like he's got to be either a 10 or somebody, like a genuine 10. Somebody who we don't have, somebody that I wish Turnbull would be, I think could be, but for whatever reason, you know, injuries, it's just not happened for him. But someone who can actually take the ball midfield and turn it, drive towards goal, and even beat players in that. I think home might be that in, in time as well. I think oh, he's probably more he's defensive, but I really like Holmes just willingness to get about the park, put his foot in, he's got a bit of pace about him. Fantastic. Well. Um, we tell you, I think he's a bit more creativity rather than um, breaking the play up. And I, I just really, really liked what I seen of him. You know, it was kind of mainly Asian Champions League footage. I think the Australian team's playing Asian mm-hmm. Champions yeah, League. Am I right saying that? Um, I seen some Asian Champions League footage coming in off the left hand side, but right footed. You know, just pretty classy player. So that would that would be it for me. But I, I wait to see about Palma because everybody seems to be talking about him. I don't know if there's been a YouTube compilation put together, but all I'll say that lads is there was one for Mo Bangura. <laughs> of course tell us yeah um, you as an exciting one it's actually it's a bit unclear what his injury is or was isn't it there's not been a lot said it's just that oh he arrived with a known issue and it, he should be back in a number of weeks is, is there any chat on that there's no update I think there's been so much going on we've not really heard any great updates on him I you know, he's like training no? no no I don't no. think so I don't believe so and we know more about guys like Carter Vickers and Hattati's recovery You're less, three, three months in less so about him so three months in end of June was he well, I don't know about that. Mid June. Anyway, we'll see. But hopefully he's back before too long. James Miff's mentioned Tilio. Um <clears throat> he's mentioned Tiago Home, you know, guys that excite him. Who's who's the guy that excites you most out of the new guys? Uh, I want to see Phillips. I want to see what he can do and all the more so if we can you know, put a, a, a beyond a loan deal um together for that. I know he's in big door, but you never know. But you know, we all want players that get you off your seat. Um Bernardo's got to be someone you want to see you know like work, work so. for Jota mm-hmm. so if, if that's someone coming through the, the camp although my list does say Bernardo I think it's Bernardo <laughs> yeah um, so I, yeah I can confirm James it's Bernardo <laughs> I watched a wee bit of his showreel from Benfica under 21s mm-hmm. he's, play, he's played Champions League football I think he's played a, a few fixtures I think he made his debut against Bayern Munich First for team? Benfica so. Yeah. Huh? so he's played a bit of you know, football there and yeah, again you know a lot of Here's the thing, right, and it comes into this conversation in general. There's a lot of people are underwhelmed by the the transfer window. I think you two lads are potentially uh, amongst no, I'm. right. So we'll get to that, but it's because it's the great unknown. So at the moment, we've not seen Tilio, we've not seen uh, Palmer, Phillips, Bernardo, and we've not seen anything competitively from Quan as well. And you'd have to say that, being fair, you would need to reserve judgment till you see all of these guys giving a run of games and then you can say, do you know what? I was a bit underwhelmed but there's actually some real talent here. But not, not taking a get and taking a spouse terms but it's not what you did, it's how you did it. It was poorly executed. However we got there and we don't know if we got there but however we got there, we did it with poor execution. How Does it matter how we've done it as long as Absolutely we've got the players here? Absolutely matters. How Can't Absolutely on. matters. Well, tell me that, explain that. Are you a professional outfit or not? You know, well, what, do you think what, we've done what, what, le- what level of planning went into this and what level of you know, what, why have we got loan guys at Joe was start? a loan guy Carter Vickers was a loan guy with options to buy so I think Bernardo might be is that unclear Philip Phillips isn't so what you know and I appreciate there's, there's injuries in there but 
What, what, so just know. specifically, so you said earlier on at the top of the show, purely speculation on your part in terms of you know how things were done behind the scenes. What is it you think has gone wrong? Like, what do you think they've done unprofessionally? I don't, I don't think we've had our one, two, three. Right, tell me the positions you want to strengthen. There's your one, two, three guys. Go out and negotiate to get those deals within the budgets that we set out. And also, what are the budgets we are setting out? Are we an ambitious club that want to? You know, you have to bear in mind that we were spending six million pound in players twenty years ago. And we won't spend six million pounds on a player today. That doesn't make any sense. But you know and when we do spend that money, it either works out on the park, and or it works out in terms of selling them on for profit. Why don't we keep doing it? Didn't work well, yeah. It worked for many, many, many others. But do you not think a lot of this? I get where you're coming from, but and I'm just giving the other side of the argument that a lot of it's got to be guesswork from fans because we don't know. We don't know that a player might have turned around at the last minute, having said, "Yep." I'm going to come at and the, so the guy the, the guy I'm thinking of is I think it's Quinton Merlin yeah, yeah. the left back at Nont, Nont and he was linked for a long Same time yeah. in the window and he then came out with a statement around about 24 hours before the close of the window to say I've come to my senses or something I'm going to stick Let's with stay, the team yeah, who have yeah. shown yeah. a bit of faith in me Celtic might have been banking on him as being the guy so that, if you don't get him do you go for a lesser option? No that's not what a professional negotiator does he doesn't say there's our offer let me know when you're ready let me know he says there's our offer there's the parameters, let me know by Tuesday, or it's not the deal. They need to be more professional on that. They do need to grow up. But do you not think players and agents now hold all the cards and you just have to play the game with that? Not if you put a deal on the table and you structure a deal and make it attractive, and you do need to make it attractive. The key thing is, are we making it attractive enough? We don't know. I'll explain this to you. Mm. So you should have said, we or no. Oh, there you go. And on the point, James, so, so what about the gaps, right? So we're all, I think, a bit... Uh, annoyed at some of the left back absolutely we, ha we had to bring somebody in there you know, just because at the moment we know the options are struggling Burnaby's not going to be the answer let's be realistic Taylor might recover some of his form but we need genuine competition so my question to you lads is where are the gaps you know, we've come out the window's closed the squad is locked to use the term James where's the gaps for you where's the big areas that we should have covered that we've not left back centre forward I think Hart has responded well to the pressure that mostly the fans have given him really and he's, you know, he's he's, he's shown up well. Mm -hmm. um, don't get me wrong, it's not a long-term plan. There's a bit of chat that Kelleher from Liverpool might be a long-term plan. That would be unbelievable, as in I don't believe it. <laughs> so we'll see where that goes. But I think that the job a job needs to be done in Hart's position. We can probably get away with it. I, I think there's very natural timing that Joe Hart sees out this season and then moves on. I think it'd be a great not, fit not for all. January for MLS. Is it? Mm. No, he will be here for the season. I'd be amazed. Quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure That's he's coming. Season is January in it? MLS. I don't know. Summer football. Don't know. Yeah. But Joe Hart will commit to what we're doing, and I think you're right. He responded really well. He stepped up. He's a senior part of the dressing room, and I think I'd like to have somebody in sooner, but I think we can get get by with Joe Hart for the season ahead. I totally agree. Left back and centre forward. I've said it for a number of weeks now. They are my absolute priorities. We've explained left back a second ago, and in terms of striker, we're going to lose a couple of guys. You know, Kyogo and O, particularly to the, the Asian Cup so in who's, January. Who's your striker? So the chat is that Lewis Palmer can play striker as well, but I don't want someone who can who can also play striker. I just want a striker. What's your situation with oh, who's the big gap? Just to, to input on that, what if your game to like really, really clinch the league and set yourself a, an unassailable lead against Rangers in the January game and you have a makeshift centre forward for that game? So you know, a Mikey Johnson type? Unforgive him. Looking well, at the dates. That's where we are. That's, that's the job they put it, us into. It's, it's, hold on, hold on. Looking at the dates that are available for the Rangers game, 
It's other games they'll miss. I think it's Dundee and but, a few but other can, can teams not Listen, pull them away for you know, I think squad be like and all that stuff? Before. When did you flag that? On this podcast? When did you flag that? Oh, about three months ago or something. A, a good while ago, yeah. Probably just have the end signed, of the season. Have we signed a, a centre-forward that's got to be available? No. So, I'm not trying to pour cold water over yesterday. Uh, Sunday's result. Very important. But, to me, two left-backs... Eight centre-halves, probably a slight imbalance there. Mm-hmm. Uh, two centre-forwards, seven wingers, slight imbalance there. Horrendous squad management. And Rogers wants a 25-27 man squad, we've got 33, is it? I think he wants less of a squad than that. I'm I, sure I he thought said 25 was his kind of... He wants a tighter group. It's interesting to see if you look at the profile of the nine guys that have come in. So, Thiago home, midfield, Tilio, winger, Yang, winger, Palmer, winger. Quan midfield, uh, Paolo Bernardo midfield, and then your three defenders between Navrotsky, Lager Bielka, and Nat Phillips. And it does, they all good on paper, right? These guys might go and do a really good job, but an imbalance is absolutely clear to see. Yeah, we don't have the behind the scenes answers on this, but we can see quite clearly something hasn't worked out as it should have done. Yes. Someone's not done their job right. Yes. And that needs to change right now. The one thing I will say in the positive, is and it's a point that many of my friends make on a regular basis is the likes of Jota and Giacomakis and all these guys that have came and done well Hitati, Maeda, Kyogo we, we didn't know before we signed them mm-hmm. so the chances are the profile of player we're in for probably save Nat Phillips and Joe Hart <laughs> really every other player that's come in we've not really known too much about I, I, was, I wasn't particularly enamoured when we signed Vickers, for example, because I'd seen him play in the Europa League. Yeah. And he wasn't very good. But again, as he has since spoken about, he never really felt part of Tottenham because he, he, he was always getting sent out and loan and I he didn't know six, what he was doing. Six his loan deals. Yeah. You know, he, he just, his head was shot when he was at Tottenham. He, he really, really wanted what he got at Celtic and that was a bit of continuity, consistency and feeling part of something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even, even Alistair Johnson probably realised him for the World Cup, but even before that, you know, you were saying somebody for the MLS, it was... But a point of signing, but it turned out to be a fantastic signing. So those gems are in there. We know we know that's got to be the case. It's very unlikely we're going to sign nine players, and none of them are going to be any good. I don't mind who we've track, signed. Track track record's not bad, but the squad's getting an imbalance to it. I think we all wanted a left back, a centre forward, possibly even another goalkeeper, mm. and it doesn't seem that that's been addressed. Now there has been links with all those positions. Mm. Seen we were linked with a Bromby striker. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. close to the window closing uh, the Croatian they, they just they flung the money up Croatian goalkeeper and then obviously French left back as well so yeah. the, the fact that the links were there would suggest that we were we were in the market but for whatever reason it's not happened Croatian goalie went for 60 or 70 grand a week he's getting a um, yeah. yeah. so that that's a question to push back to say are you ambitious enough to make us a real Champions League team because that's the money you need to spend but you, you're, you're not a, Suggesting Celtic spend 60 grand a week on somebody, are you? At what, at what point do we change our way structure to say, well, actually, if we keep it as it is, then we're never going to get anywhere, in which case we shouldn't be bothering. But you, you can't, know, you can't send a guy on 60k league. right now, can you? That would double your top wage. Maybe you, at some point you're going to have to, if you want to start moving into that realm. Maybe you go from 30 to 40, but you can't go to 60. Maybe there's a, a different structure to deal. I, I, I don't think we were ever going to go for that particular number, but mm. I think that there has to be a move out of the 30s and at the high 40s it's just going to be the same 
all the time if we don't. You also wonder if, you know, if Celtic opened negotiations with the goalkeeper, I forget his name, is it Livorno or something? Benny? Lovakovic. Yeah, we'll go for that. Uh, next to Bernardo. Um, if we realise early bells, he's wanting 60k, just move on. Just yeah. say, right, that's not the deal for us, we Aye, need to move on to somebody yeah, we'll, else. We'll have, our, we'll have our profile of signing, you know, we'll, we'll have our profile of player and target and things like that. For me, like I say, just when you look at the sheer number of midfielders, centre-halves, wingers, and lack of, even even you could say full-back in, in general, because I know, I know some people were a, a bit nervy about even having Ralston's cover at right-back, and we're maybe wanting an upgrade on that as well, with Champions League in mind. I'm OK with that. But, listen, the bottom line is, we are where we are. Can I change it to January? We've got Champions League games coming up. We've got a new old manager in the door, trying to put his stamp on things. The hope is that the result against Rangers will lead to better things. But the one thing's for sure is that looking at that, it wouldn't take much more to really, really rock the boat in terms of an injury or a suspension or something like that. So we just we just need to be really careful about how we manage the squad. And, may, and maybe you can look at other players being utility players, somebody like Scales, for example, mm. who could pro- probably play a number of positions. Do, do you not think that Celtic over the years have always, and particularly in more recent years, have always got to that position where you feel you're just one or two signings yep. away from being a real top team? One yep. or two signings away from being yep. really good? And, and could it be the left-back and striker at this moment in time that would just take us into a a level where we could compete and potentially get out of this Champions League group. Um, we need to move on, you know, just in this section and move to the, the outgoing. So obviously we know we lost Jota, £25 million to Alitahad. Carl Starfelt's got a Celta Vigo, Aaron Moy retired. What I think is really important, James, and we've all been keen to see these guys move on, is Barkas is out the door. He's gone on a free to Utrecht. Ismail Soros gone to Betar Jerusalem, big club. Uh, Uragiri's gone to, I think, League 2 in France. Albion It looks like he's going to Turkey. It's not been confirmed. Obviously, Hak Savanovic hasn't worked out, uh, and I think we're all disappointed by that, given his talent, but it's not working. He's away to Stoke on loan. Uh, can he do it on a, a wet Tuesday night at Stoke? We'll, we'll find, find out. Soon enough. Um, so it's disappointing to lose guys like Starfield, uh, Moy, you know, Jota, who are big players, James, but how important is it to move on these guys who have become Deadwood and are just, you know, busying up the training ground? <laughs> Particularly to, to Rogers, where he wants that intimate squad. Um, it's a really strange one at centre-back. You... <laughs> You'll very seldom see this in any squad in any season that there's so much injury and, you know, Starfield leaving exacerbated that injury list and Kobayashi not, both both in terms of not being ready yet and getting injured. So it's a weird one. I mean, you're probably looking at when we'd Carter Vickers, Navrocki, Lagrabielka and Welsh, you're probably going, right, the rest aren't going to be involved. That's your four. And then, you know, there's injury beyond that. Very little talk about Kamarnock's pitch on that, by the way. Both uh, both players injured on Kamarnock's pitch, you know. So that's the impact. We brought Phillips in. That's been a nice professional move, by the way. That's probably a wee bit of Rogers' connections there working well for us. Um, Liverpool fans, I know, say he's a, he's a real talent. So good to see that. But you, it's a misnomer that it's actually seven because I've got Starfield on the list by mistake. It's a misnomer to say there's, there's seven centre-halves there and we kind of planned it that way. Injury has pushed us towards that because ah, otherwise, you've, otherwise you've only maybe got two, you know, and, and maybe not even. So I, I, I think you just need to kind of write that one down to circumstances. Yeah, it's very hard to manage that. Um, Miff, just on, you know, the guys that are out the building, you know, there's, there's guys that were hangovers from the, the COVID season and beyond between Barkas, Soro, Ayeti, and it's got to be good. Listen, good for the players as well, just but good for all that we can just 
move on from that episode and have players that genuinely want to be there and, and play their part? Absolutely. The, I mean, I just caught McCarthy's name there. I know. <laughs> He's not going away, you know? No. Um, it, it's really important that for this point on, we all get behind the team and this squad. The thing that just worries me is what the transfer window tells me is we seem to have rather curbed our ambition a bit and we remain just happy to stay in front of Rangers. That's that's kind of what the message that it sends me when it looked like the start of the window with the likes of McGregor and Kyogo and signed up in contracts. We all did think that maybe this was going to be it. This was going to be the summer where we rolled the dice and went, let's get in front of the game, bring in players that are going to make a squad better. And, and again, the thing I get put back to me from friends was, well, who, who do you bring in? I, that's not really my, that, my, that my is, job. I don't, I, don't, I don't, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, that, yeah. that, I don't see that as necessarily the point. What I'm saying is, I understand that for us to go out and buy a Champions League ready player who has played 15 or 20 games in the Champions League is probably impossible based on the, the structure and the wages that we pay. Alistair Jones is a Champions League ready but player. But ex exactly, you know, you know you're, you're looking at maybe just a slightly edges. different yeah. profile to what we've done. And, and Telio, you could argue his Asian Champions League exposure point yeah. for Melbourne would, would probably also fit that had he arrived to fit. Um, so, just, I, I was just expecting something a wee bit different and it feels like we've went back to stuff that we did before. And I think that's just what's disappointed me. I'd, I'd really, really hoped when those new contracts get announced for McGregor mm. and Kyogo, I, I did genuinely think it was going to be something different. Now, I again go back to the point, a few of those guys that we've seen could be absolute superstars, the ones that we've made songs for, chanting their names and gone absolutely tonto for. I hope to God it is. I really, really do. I'm, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying that I have been left underwhelmed by the window because I, I just really, really hope it's not a window or ambition. I take James's point, all that matters is winning the league this year, so you've got access to the Champions League. But I really, really thought, after the performances in the Champions League, not the results, but the performances in the Champions League, we were actually going somewhere. Yeah. And we were actually at a point where you weren't watching Celtic games away from home in Europe from behind the couch. You were actually sitting on the couch, watching us keep the ball, create chances against really good football teams, going toe-to-toe -to -toe in possession, still being defensively naive because it's just Celtic in Europe and passing the ball to centre-forwards 18 yards of our own goal. But there was still that willingness there to go on the ball and play and, and be different and not just camp in. And then we've came to the summer and it's all looked like it's got to go one way and then bam. And I know that Angel even has been the catalyst. Not the to, catalyst, a, a that has been everything You know, that there, there, there was obviously that meeting in St Andrews where they had agreed everything and everything looked all set and... I dare say a few of the signings that have come in at the start of the summer have been part of that. But what's done is done. You know, still was not that enamoured at the fact that Rodgers was back in the first place. But it's done. Celtic's my team. I've got to go and support them. But slightly underwhelmed with what we've been left with. I think, as you mentioned there, the, the performances in Europe last season, it just gave you a bit of hope that there's a way to progress here. We're never going to win it. Just, you know, that's just where we're at. But... Can we get to a level? We always gave the example, I think, last season about teams like Bruges, who have been in the Champions League now for the last four or five seasons. Season one, hammered. Season two, still get beat, but a bit less so. Season three, won a couple of games. Season four, competed in their group. And just made, you know, a real kind of upward curve of, of progress throughout the seasons. 
And it looked like despite those results last season under Ange, we were making progress and could this season be the the springboard to, you know, to then move on. And it does feel like we've gone a bit back the way. And it's also really hard, isn't it, to get excited about new guys when we just don't know. But as you say, Myth, these could be absolute heroes of ours in, in the months and years ahead. But at this moment in time, it is underwhelming because we're just, we're just not aware of what they're going to bring to the party. I think we're maybe underestimating the, the, the power of Ange Postacoglu, if we're going to be honest. You see he's doing it down at Spurs now, right? I'm no. I know you're no. But the power he had, not just with his squad, but throughout that building, you know, in Mark Lowell's team and Mike Nicholson's team, all across. And when that kind of decision hits your, hits your business, it, it's devastated them and it, it's taken them a fair bit to get back on track. Now we got Rodgers in pretty swiftly, good, mm-hmm. good business there. But then it's right, we need to relink all the issues, all the players, the, the areas we're going to improve in. And it's just taken longer. I, I, I still think if you're a professional, you shouldn't be allowing that to happen. And I'm kind of looking at Mark Lowell here. He should be professional enough to say, like, you tell me what you need, I've got the guys for you. And I hope he is doing that. But as we say, we don't know the, the ins and outs of what's in the background, but we know something hasn't gone right. Yeah, and I I think everyone can understand the the annoyance at you know, some of the, the transfer activity. But I suppose there is a good reason behind some of it. You, you know, you'd have to accept that the, the Ange move has seriously rocked the boat and maybe more than we should be prepared for L- L- man, losing losing one key man shouldn't rock the boat as much as it seems <laughs> yeah, to yeah but have. if you take anything from Andrews there's no excuse culture and winning businesses don't allow excuse culture to come in and that's excuse culture right there you might be right um, beyond the obviously you know the ins and outs of the transfer under there were new deals that must mention so Carla McGregor Kyogo Dyson Maeda Habad has just signed a new deal in the last few days Stephen Welsh and hopefully Rayo Hattati I think their negotiations and the suggestion is that he may be about to sign a new deal and that in itself would be a huge boost. We're going to be doing a, a transfer window special this Wednesday with Anthony Joseph of Sky Sports News and that will be available exclusively exclusively at the Celtic Exchange Plus, the CelticExchange.com slash plus to get involved there. Um, but just to close out this section, lads, I want to ask you just quite simply how you would rate the transfer window out of 10 and also if you feel that Brennan Rodgers has been fully supported by the board. No, 5 out of 10. <laughs> Straightforward, I'm happy with that. Same. Yeah. Five yeah. out of ten, and he's not been fully supported. <sighs> Unclear. We don't know if it's ro- if they're offering Rogers players, and he's saying, "I don't know. I'm not sure," or "No, it's not right," or you know, uh, go and spend seventy grand a week on him. We don't know. Um, hard to say. Five out of ten, either way. The results is five out of ten. Yeah, fair enough. So a couple of underwhelming fives out of ten. But as you say, James, I'll, I'll go back to your phrase. The squad is now locked in. So let's see how these guys go between now and Christmas. Lads, in your absence, as you know, the path to paradise has been scrapped and replaced by the 11th man. Why, why did you scrap I, I, it? I, 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 may I ask, was that due to a resounding victory? So we've, we've seen you out of town on the mystery cell, the path to paradise, and now we've got a revamped game in... The 11th man. The 11th I'm man. going to keep making new games till I find one that I win at. So <laughs> the, the 11th man is yeah. here for now, but that may change yeah, at any given time. Um, we should be getting handouts, by the way. It's very difficult to do this. I, I leave, leave that with me. Expect Aye. to see them some, some <laughs> week soon. Um, did you get last week's answer right? Did you catch the mystery man? So it was from the Invincible um, Scottish Cup winning team, Tom Rogic's goal. The centre half? Yeah. That was my holiday, so I wasn't Sweet trying very hard. No, it was Dedrick Boyata, so he was in Boyata. there to Simonovic. So, Muff, James, are you ready for your first go at the 11th man? 
The game in question uh, is another victory at Ibrox, Celtic 3, Rangers 2, back on the 11th of March 2018. Um, Odds and Edwards famously scored after yes. Saminovic had been sent off. So the Celtic team, uh, the 11 on the day, reads as follows. Scott Bain, Dedrick Boyata, a right back. Jozo Saminovic and Chris Iyer in the centre. Kieran Tierney, left back. Scott Brown, blank. Callum McGregor, James Forrest, Tom Rogic. Moussa Dembele have a wee think while we play you this short message well the guys are figuring that one out a short reminder that if you like what we do here at the Celtic Exchange then you can hear even more from us throughout the week by joining the Celtic Exchange Plus at the Celtic Exchange Plus we provide pre and post match podcasts for every Celtic game as well as a number of other exclusive subscriber benefits all you have to do is visit theCelticExchange.com slash plus right now for full details and to start your free trial more podcasts more reaction more Celtic all on the Celtic Exchange Plus. Our time is up, James. What position were you? What position were I just read out the players. Oh, come on. Oh, come He's on. a midfielder. Centre midfielder? Some would call him a centre midfielder. Scott Sinclair? No. I wouldn't call him a centre midfielder. Yeah, no, no, no. Calvin Beggar. Calvin Beggar's on the team. team. Oh, is, is that the centre midfielder? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think we were right, okay. We were, uh, we were conferring off Mike. Sorry. Um, so my guess was about Kouassi. Mm. Which was wrong. Stuart Armstrong I think he's in the team is he? No No One more guess James No The 11th man is here to stay lads <laughs> uh, The answer And this will get beeped out But the answer is <laughs> Yeah so he was kind of played his part there In those kind of early Rogers it was a very, It was a very Very good A Rolls Royce of a player He was game. a talent just I feel it broke biscuits. So what we'll do, we'll post this team lineup minus the 11th man across our Twitter and Instagram pages on Tuesday morning. So if you want to have a guess, let us know there and we'll select some lucky winners to receive a bonus 14-day trial of the Celtic Exchange Plus. <laughs> Thursday's Champions League draw has pitched Celtic against some interesting sides and it's definitely not the worst draw that we could have got. We'll now face Dutch champions Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid from La Liga and Lazio from Serie A, home and away between 19th of September and 13th of December. James, your initial take on the sides that we'll face, and do you think we've got a realistic chance of qualifying out the group? Hey, it's a great draw because they're all great European names, you know, they're all they're all clubs you want to play football against. Um, Lazio wouldn't be a club we're friendly with, but they're, they're playing a lot of good football. Um, Atletico always do, and Feyenoord tend to. Um, in terms of where we go with this, the transfer window is what's cut my legs. I mean, I, I don't just want to win the league this year, uh, the league alone, because you know, I'm unambitious. I just don't think we've done the business to allow us to have ambition elsewhere. Um, and I think that's got to fo follow into Europe as well. I think what we can be looking for in Europe this year is a kind of back, you know, take a season back where you're developing like we were under Ange last year. This has got to be a development year in, in Europe rather than a, a push to progress. Yeah, so maybe not the progress we'd hope for. You know, maybe just a bit of a, Learning. we'll do okay, we'll, we'll, we'll be better for the experience, but not quite. You don't think we'll get out of the group? Is that your gut feeling or? I think we could sneak third, but, you know, we should be ending fourth. You know, if we can go and do... We're a pot four side, you know, in terms of the maths, we should be finishing fourth, but football's not played on paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, f I, th I think that's kind of where we're... We'll end up. I think if if this was a linear and season one, season two, season three, and we draw this group, you're pushing for at least second. You know, you might be doing something crazy and, and trying to beat everyone and go first. Mm. You know, because that's the, the the line we were on. But you know, there's been a real you know unraveling of of the plan. So that that's just part and parcel of it. Yeah. 
Matthew, as James mentions, there's genuine big European names there and Celtic have got history with each of the sides. So Feyenoord, of course, um, beat us 2-1 in the 1970 European Cup final. Wim Janssen playing on the day, who of course stopped the 10 in 1998. Henrik Larsson represented both Feyenoord and Celtic, so some real good links there. Uh, Atletico, we've played them a few times in European competition, most recently in the 2011 Europa League. We lost 1-0 at home and 2-0 in Spain, so hopefully we'll do better this time round. And Lazio, not too long ago, faced them in 2019 Europa League again and beat them home and away. It was our first ever win in Italy, I think. Yep. Um, Olivier and Cham they scored the winner there and Chris Julian uh, scored the winner against them in the other tie. But they'll all be good sides. I don't know a lot of detail about them just now and we'll, we'll get into it as we get closer to the games, but... They are ones to look forward to, and it's it's why you're at the top table. Yeah, absolutely. That that's listen. That's what that's that's what we wanted. Those, those nights are, are what we live for. As Celtic fans, the atmosphere in the stadium. But I think for a for a while now that the atmosphere has not really been backed up with performance on the pitch. In terms of anything that we've seen that we would regard as Champions League quality. Now we we are mentioning there that the fact we think that the squad's short, and we think there's a bit of an imbalance in it. However, that said. There's still players in there that have got Champions League experience, that have got, you know, plenty of first team experience. I think for for those players now, a, a lot of the players that have came here has been for that. They've they've came to Celtic because there's access to Champions League. You know, someone like, for example, Rio Hitati, who I thought played really really well in the Champions League last year. If we can get him back fit, it, it's really just about how how we approach it. What what is our ambition? Do we, do we want to go there? Do we want to impose ourselves on these games? I think most importantly, it's given the fans the, the chance to experience, you know, going away for the, the three potential, the three away ties, going to Rotterdam, going to Rome, going to Madrid. Fantastic trips, you know, handy enough, plenty of transport links, not too far, great. So, if the players could back that up on the pitch, it would be absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Are you still considering getting the megabus to Madrid? Is that your megabus to Madrid? It's, it's under consideration. I'll a few other, few other plans. Fair enough. Um, Miff, do you think Brendan Rodgers may take a more pragmatic approach in Europe? We've obviously we're well aware that Ange Ange knows one way of playing football, and that's it, and that's that's fine. But it, you know, it can leave you pretty exposed in some of the cutthroat levels in European football. There is a suggestion that Rodgers might be looking to have these kind of two sitting midfielders, whether it's Callum McGregor plus a another. A water's right out of the picture, isn't he? Quan's mm. nowhere near it. But, you know, maybe somebody sitting with him, could that be O'Reilly, given that he experienced the deeper midfield no, position? No, no, home. Home would be in there. Okay, so however it may be, do you think he might take a different approach to it? I'll ask you both, you know, does he go with a slightly different shape for this well, he, European... He didn't last time. He was quite unapologetic about that. He... Has well, he learned though? I think he also said that we had to learn as fans. That was that was his rhetoric the last he, time. He basically said that this is the formation that would, would win the tie. But... Totally remiss from not to say I haven't got talented enough players to play those positions. So I, 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 it remains to be seen. But there was chat that even Andrew was thinking of changing a bit and going for the the, the double pivot. pivot. The the, the, the double pivot, indeed. We keep going and trying to sign the guy for that position. That's what makes me think whether it's Andrew or Rogers or anybody. Celtic seem to have recognised that you need to maybe bolster your midfield for Europe, but we just keep getting it wrong. It's not going to be James McCarthy. It's not going to be a water. It might be Quan. We need to wait and see. It wasn't Abelgard. A tin it, man. It wasn't Adeguchi. You know, we've, we keep trying to get guys in that position and I, it keeps failing. I, I, just on Quan, by the way, we need to calm down. Everyone's just written him off because was it against uh, Bilbao? Bilbao. Bilbao, yeah. Where they, you know, 
bit of an off night, first night at Parkhead. Yeah. But the game before that against Wolves, he was decent, you know. I so it's it, like, it was more than decent. Aye. So yeah. let's just, you know, see how he develops and there's a place for him in the team and he wouldn't be signed otherwise, you know. So And they go, oh, he'd be second tier uh, career. It's like, you know, we, we sign players from strange places and they, they turn out all right. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm more than willing to give I think everyone in room is, but I think there's a, a wider kind of fan swell of just saying, well, that's a, a terrible signing. Yeah. But whether it's Quan or Thiago Home or somebody, do you think that's what we should be doing in Europe? 100%. You know, it's all great, like, blowing the bugle horn and just charge kind of thing, and then you lose two goals when you fire yeah. up the pitch. It's exciting, on it? <laughs> it's exciting on the ranch. Getting beat 4-3 and all that. I loved Aye. it. <laughs> See, that time you played for half an hour and get beat 5-0. Yeah. As I say, Aye, we'll get into it in more detail. So the first game is 19th of September. Is, we're away to Madrid, the first game, aren't we? Um, so we'll get into a lot more detail really as we get close to the games and we'll, we'll look at the profile of, of each of the teams involved. But for now, what would be your your best guess at where we'll finish in the group. I think we'll finish third. James? Third. I'm going third as well. Is it a wee bit more optimism than... It's just who I am. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say fourth is, is where I was getting that. That's not who I am. That's not who you are. Positive, James. Um, but great to be in the Champions League. Obviously, you know, the profile of it for the club, it attracts players to the club and the money, of course, is so important and even more important getting into next year. So let's see, though, if we can actually compete this time around rather than just take part. Um, lads, as we start to wrap up the show, I've been looking for any final comments and let's try and keep it positive. My father's a huge week for the club. There's there's valid um, concerns in terms of the transfer window and some different things around, but ultimately Celtic and supporting Celtic is about what happens on the pitch and we had a brilliant day on the pitch on Sunday. What's your final thoughts for this week? Yeah, just it, it just shows you what a result can do for everyone. It was just fantastic. The, the nature of it was was brilliant and um, I'm, I'm just intrigued to see what happens here because the the amount of players that we have missing and unavailable to us, it's genuinely intriguing to see how they're going to then blend into the squad, what impact they're going to have. You know, I'm really excited to see uh, Palma. Really excited to see Tilio. So, yeah, roll, roll on the next couple of weeks. Hopefully by the time that the, the games start back after the international break, we've got a few more bodies back in the squad and we can see that, that, that starting lineup maybe become a bit stronger. Yep. James, your own final comments on your return to the show? Yeah, just I suppose a message to any fans is the transfer window, get out of your head. You know, you can't put the sh back in the donkey, it's done. That That is it. So just focus ahead. Whilst the you know, Celtic themselves need to be looking at what happened and getting their post-mortem right and making sure they fix it in January and next summer and not repeat mistakes, as fans, we know who the squad is now. And that, that was the kind of what tempered my enthusiasm a wee bit or my optimism on, on Sunday was when you saw that, you know, Palmer's on the bench, Bernardo's not there, Phillips isn't there and stuff. But now you, that game is done and won and you've got those guys guys to come in. That's the real excitement for me. Yeah, and as, as we said at the top and Miff repeated there, it's amazing what one 90 minutes can do mm -hmm. for your, your overall sense of well-being. So that wraps things up on this latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to Miff and James for joining me today and as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back again with the Celtic Exchange Weekly this time next week or if you want to hear even more from us, you can enjoy more podcasts, more reaction and more Celtic every week at the Celtic Exchange Plus. Just visit theceliticexchange.com slash plus to get involved. In the meantime, thanks for listening and we'll see you again this time next week.
Social Podcast Network.